episode of the Freedom Talks podcast, everybody. This is your host, Joe Ogden. And today we are here with our occupational therapist, Adrian, who I've been trying to get on a podcast for a long time. I've had to reschedule. So Adrian was very nice to come on a podcast with us here this afternoon. Adrian, hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? As you can tell, Adrian is not too thrilled to be on the podcast because I forced her. That's okay. But she doesn't have a choice, right, Adrian? <laughs> no, I don't. All Adrian, part of marketing. All part of marketing. Yes, all about our marketing. Adrian, tell us a little bit about how you got started at Freedom. Um, well, I started at Freedom June 1st of 2015 um, as an aide, or a PT aide, I guess. Um, there was an aide here already that I went to school with, and she was leaving to go to PT school, sent out like a mass email, and was like, looking for someone to take my spot, so applied, came down. I was sitting in the waiting room for my interview, and actually Mike, um, the owner of Freedom, came out and said, I saw your last name is Greek, and I'm Greek, so I just wanted to come and introduce myself to a fellow Greek. So um, that's when I started after undergrad is when this was, so kind of took a gap year in between undergrad, graduate school, came here and worked as a PD aide. Did you just take one gap year? Just one gap year, yeah. And were you applying to was, um, OT schools at the time? Yeah. So I was applying, um, and there was... Right, you even back up. Were you planning on going to OT school, too, with that gap? Yeah. So I was planning to go to OT school. Um, I thought I wanted to do pediatrics, actually, and then came here, started working with, you know, Marion, and then we had another OT, Rebecca, at the time, and I'll never forget, Rebecca and I were chatting, and she said, you will not do pediatrics, you will go into orthopedics, and I was like, I don't know, like, I don't think so, I think I'm going to stay with pediatrics, well, sure enough, here I am in orthopedics, not pediatrics, so she was right, um, and Rebecca really kind of influenced me to go to Mount Mary, um, there was a professor there that um, would help write the board exam questions. So she kind of really influenced me to go there and was like, they really prepare you for the board exam. And so that's how I chose Mount Mary over the other schools. I'm sure the OT board exam is a lot like the PT. One is a lot of it is you just have to be good at taking the test, honestly, because some of the questions are not tricky, but you just have to know how to read them. Yeah. Um, although I... Like, I always say the board exam was not bad. I walked out of that exam and I was like, yeah, I think I passed that. Like, I'm pretty confident in this. Now, the dry needling certification test? No, I walked out of there and immediately texted Aaron and was like, I failed this test. Like, I know I failed it. Didn't, but I thought for sure I failed it. From what I've heard, that one's a lot harder. Yeah, the dry needling certification was way harder than my than OT board OT. exam. Yeah, for sure. Um, how long have you been working here now? Well, as OT or... As an OT. As OT. So I think I started technically... I graduated December 2018 and started January 2019. Okay. And have you always been at Fox Point? Oh, yeah. Occasionally helped out in Grafton when Ann needed help. Otherwise, always Fox Point. And is Grafton and Fox Point, have they always been the only two clinics with... OT? Yes. Yeah. Um, no. Brookfield, Rebecca was in Brookfield okay. for a little while when she first started here. But that was many moons ago. And then she came to Fox Point full time and they never brought OT back to Brookfield. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. And now you've been here ever since. And now I've been here ever since. Adrian, this is a question we've talked about upstairs before this podcast. Okay. And it sounds like you get this a lot. But what I wanted to really focus this podcast on was obviously about you and being an OT. But 
being at Fox Point, we do have physical therapists and occupational therapists, and I think there's even some question marks even, I think, in the professional field, too, because yeah. it's not really talked about. But what is the difference between OT and PT, and who may benefit from seeing an occupational therapist versus a PT? Well, I think if we solely talk about the orthopedic world, like at Freedom, you know, typically how I tell people is the OTs, the PTs can see pretty much everything, right? The whole body. OTs mm -hmm. only do upper extremity. Um, and OTs typically tend to specialize more like in hands, where a lot of the PTs, they don't really want to touch the hands. So if you're a hand patient, you're for sure going to see an OT. If you're a shoulder, a neck, an elbow, eh, probably OT, but you know, you may also see a PT. Um, it's also nice for patients in terms of insurance wise, because like if you're coming in for a shoulder, it's nice to see an OT and use your OT visits. And then if later in the year you have a knee issue, then you still have visits to see a PT as well. Especially if they're separate. Yeah, especially if they're separate. So it's nice um, in that sense. And I've had that conversation with patients um, even like if they're having a shoulder surgery and they're going to be in Florida for the first two months of rehab, like try to schedule the PT down there, knowing that you're then going to come up here to see me and OT. So we don't use up all of your visits, um, you know, in just OT that we're kind of splitting them between the two. So for patients that have two issues going on, um, it's nice to have that. And people don't really know that they have PT visits and OT visits. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think that's something that's really frustrating in general is like the insurance game can get really hard. Yeah. Especially when people have PT and OT combined. Yeah. 20 visits a year. Like yeah. we burn through that quick, yes. especially if they're seeing both of us. Yes. We do burn that through that quick. Um, I think some patients are surprised though at how wide like the OT world can be. I mean like Anne, who's an OT does um, women's health and who would think that like OT could do women's health and like Mike wants Mary and Ann and I to do his TMJ course to do TMJ like who would have thought OT could do that but it's technically we can do all of that stuff yeah what is the scope of practice I don't or hmm, that's a good the question. limits of it which I know is gray for every field yeah. too I don't know. I know OT has had to fight harder for certain things like the dry needling. Okay. Um, you know, like even Marion and Rebecca, when they first took it and Anne, um, Rebecca basically went and was like, had to prove to them, like, we do everything the PTs do. Like, why can we not take this? And they accepted it. So they really fought for that. Um, now they have dry needling courses just for OT. Um, and even one of the teachers that... Because it probably just focuses course. on... It fo focuses on upper extremity, but the OT that was teaching the dry needling, or was helping, I should say, um, she treats the whole body. Like, she has hip patients and knee patients and ankle patients. So I think that there's not really, a, like, a you can only treat this in the OT world. Right. It's so broad. You can really technically treat everything. So when you took your dry needling certification, mm -hmm. did you have to take all three? It's only two classes for OT. So you took an OT specific one? I took an OT specific got it, got it, one, okay. yeah. So what can you needle and what can't you? So I can do all upper extremity and like the face, the neck. I can even do like thoracic spine. Okay. I can do a couple of hip things, but I just don't see those in practice. Right, so like right, I don't right. need ever needle those. Um, um, besides body part, yeah. obviously upper extremity, yeah. is there any like treatment specific that mm. OT differs from PT? Huh, good question. I mean, I've heard, you know, people talk about sometimes, and this isn't it, 
isn't healthcare provider yeah. um, specific, but even just people are like, well, I go to an OT because I don't know how to write anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, right. OT historically has been like doing, like helping you get dressed or activities of daily living and things like that. So I, which I feel think, like we all do. I which mean, the things we do get yes, to that. Correct. Um, I think OTs are also known to have like the different tools, right? Um, a shoehorn or a sock aid and stuff like that, that, you know, even some of the PTs here have been like, Adrian, do you have anything to do this? And, you know, so, which I don't normally do a lot of that here. That's more in like an assisted living or a nursing home or long-term right. short-term care facility where OT does that. Um, so I guess maybe that would be more like just OT yeah. stuff. But again, I think the lines between PT and OT seem to kind of be coming together more than like being yeah. super defined these days. Which I think makes it tricky too. Yeah, it does make it tricky. <laughs> like I I would have no idea, and maybe this is my fault not paying attention enough mm -hmm. in school, but like I would really have no idea how to specifically explain yeah. like what's the difference between if I saw you or see Adrian yeah well and even the front desk they've gotten to the point where like they don't necessarily tell people like you're going to be seeing Adrian who is an OT they just say like you're going to be seeing Adrian who specializes in upper extremity and I have so many patients that come in and, and they're like so where'd you go to PT school and then I have to be like well actually I'm an OT and then I have to go through the whole explaining what the difference is yeah. and that I am competent enough to treat them just as well as an OT or a PT and all that. Yeah. That's, I think a, a tricky part in general is just everyone yes. wants and, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. you're protective over your body. I mean, I yeah. understand that completely, yeah. but sometimes trying to prove to people in general, yes. and this isn't just at freedom and this is yeah. healthcare as a whole is like proving to people that yes, I'm, I'm competent to treat you is sometimes yes. we yes. spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah. Yes. Before we are able to even show that, yes, yeah, we yeah. know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when you did your rotations, did you only do orthopedic? Um, no. I So in the OT world, they have what they call competitive placements. So you can apply for them and you have to get accepted into it. So I knew I wanted to go into orthopedics at that point. So an orthopedic placement was not guaranteed. So, but there was a competitive orthopedic placement. So I applied to it and got that. So one of my, um, placements was at the freighter hand clinic. And then my first one though, that was my last rotation. My first rotation was at a long-term short-term care facility out in Racine. Um, so right. That's a lot of like nursing home stuff, like the yeah. dressing, the showering, the eating, that type of thing, which I guess the stereotype I, OT, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, the stereotype OT, which I, I had a really good field work placement there. I really liked um, of the people I worked with, there was a lot of, um, OT assistants. So I was technically managing, like, I think there were five OT assistants at that point as a student. So that was good experience. Um, but I just knew that was not the setting I wanted to be in. Now I will say the freight art hand clinic, they kicked my butt. <laughs> um, that was probably one of the hardest things I've done, but I learned a ton from that experience. So I never want to do it again but I'm glad I did it. Doesn't it make you kind of appreciate when you go 
because there it was pretty fast paced too, wasn't yeah. it? Coming back to a place like Freedom and kind of slowing things down yeah. a little bit and really focusing yeah. on the patient in front of you. Yeah, it was it was very different. I mean, the injuries were probably way crazy different yeah. too. Yeah, those were a lot of like like gunshot wounds or stab wounds yeah. and um, things like that, which was really fascinating. But also the clientele was so different. I mean, I, if I had ten patients on my schedule, I w- it was like maybe five would show up. Um, whereas here, you know, I have ten patients and I'm lucky if one person cancels right. and I get a little bit of a break to catch up. Yeah. Um, so just so such a different clinic. I think that's different too, you know, depending on the setting is, I mean, I'm sure you have friends too that work in big systems yeah. and this isn't knocking on freedom or knocking on the big system yeah. and all. It's just kind of how it is, is my friends that are therapists at big systems like Aurora, they have doc time every day. Yeah, they do have. Yeah, I know. You know, we don't. Yeah, they get an hour lunch break. Yeah, it's, and yeah. we don't. We've got our 30 minute break and then. And that's it. Maybe at yeah. the end of the day you get your notes done. Maybe. But probably not. <laughs> probably not. I mean, no. it's just how, just how it works. <laughs> not when you have eight evals in one week. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't happen. Is this the only job you've had outside of school? Yes. So I, it was kind of perfect, perfect timing. I mean, sad, but good for me. Um, Rebecca was announced she was leaving as I was graduating and there was like all this kind of like chitter chatter because I was still at Freedom doing front desk so I was still like had my foot in the door I worked all through grad school Lisa was kind enough to like I will work with your school schedule I will do anything to help you with this so I worked all through front desk to grad school and then I was studying for the boards and that's when Rebecca said she was leaving and so they were like you know, like, are you going to take the job and whatnot? But I was like, I don't know. And then finally one day Scott was like, do you have time to talk today? And pull me out of the room. He's like, do you want the job? I'm like, I want the job. He's like, okay, send in your resume. We'll kind of get this going. Did you have to go through the normal um, hiring process? Do you have to interview with Mary or do they just let you go? I had to interview with, we had a different HR person at the time. I had to technically interview with her. It was really just like, what's your five-year, 10-year plan type yeah, of a yeah, thing. Yeah. And then I had to have like an interview with Scott, which... So yes, I technically had to go through the whole process. But was, was Mike there too or no? No, no, it was just Scott and we had an aide Jess at the time and that's who I demonstrated just, on and that was it. I think it was like a total of 10 minutes. Yeah, you guys we used to like have to do mock evals, didn't you? We had to do mock evals, yeah. I didn't, I did not. Uh, I don't actually, I don't think we do that anymore. I don't know. If, I don't think we do that anymore, yeah. I didn't do it. I don't think Anna did it. Oh, I don't yeah, think Karina no. did it. I could no. be wrong, but I, I don't think anybody's had yeah, to do it. Yeah, maybe we don't do it anymore. Yeah, I had to technically do a little mock eval, which... Yeah. I mean, right? They knew what they were getting. I'd worked here for how long, and I, I was a new grad, so. Were you living at home? Were you living at home during grad school? Mm, no, lived in Shorewood at the time in a duplex. And Mount Mary's in Tosa, right? Yeah, that's the one right down, kind of downtown. So it's not yeah, a terrible like commute. Kind of by May, yeah. It was, by or I by Mayfair, it, I mean. By Mayfair, yeah. It was like a twenty-five minute. So not terrible. Commute. No, not bad. It was fine. And were you, you weren't married yet, were you? No. Brady and I were living together, but we weren't married yet. And fun fact about Adrian. <laughs> She used to work with her husband, Brady, here. Yes. And Brady's now in the Thienesville School District, right? Yeah, Macmillan Thienesville, yep. Mm-hmm. He was... What did Brady do for us? Or was marketing. What his big title? Technically marketing. Marketing? Yeah. And you guys went to school together, right? College? Yeah, we went to undergrad together. And then his parents were moving over to England. And he's like, well, I have, I have nowhere to go after graduation. So I'm coming down to Milwaukee with you. So he was kind of stuck with me at that point. Poor guy. I know. And now married... Not two married. kids. Two kids. Two only. So far, <laughs> no news to share. 
What about in the future? Who's winning the battle? Oh, I'm going to win the battle. Daphne is three, right? Daphne's three, and Theo is just, just over one. Yeah, a little over one. Almost one and a half. September, right? Yeah, September. Yeah, so I almost guess. one and a half. So fun fact about Adrian, and a lot of people who are listening to this that work at Fox Point are probably going to laugh at this. I tell Adrian this all the time. When I first started here at Freedom... Adrian and I, I noticed that there was an open seat next to Adrian where we sit by the printer. I was like, oh, I'll just sit here. I didn't know that her and Brady were married. I thought Brady was just another guy that worked here. And every morning, Adrian would ask Brady how their daughter Daphne was. Yes. And I always thought that was really weird. I was like, oh, whatever. Maybe he just babysits for her. I don't know. But she was also treating him like... He was her husband and sometimes wasn't the nicest. And if anyone knows Adrian and Brady, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And I always thought, man, I should really not cross Adrian because she might rip my head off. Yeah. It took almost a year of working at Freedom for me to realize like, oh, wait, they're married. This is not just how Adrian is. I'm not, well, I'm not, not normally that mean to my coworkers. No, Adrian's very nice. not afraid to say anything, but I'm not normally that mean to my No, you're very honest. True coworkers that I'm not married to. But... Once I found that out, things got a lot, a lot better. Made more sense. Um, Adrian, how is things also, I talked about this with Mike Verplanke a couple weeks ago, being in healthcare sometimes because of our schedules and seeing people, it's not the most condoning to, you know, we don't work a normal nine to five. No. No, it doesn't matter where you are. How do you and Brady manage it, taking care of the kids and making sure you're home? Especially from the mother perspective, too. Mike was from the dad perspective. Well, we are really fortunate that I have three younger siblings and my parents. We all live within 15 minutes of each other. And honestly, like, we could not do it without my family being around. There's no way. Um, With Brady working full-time and then also coaching hockey and being at the rink every day and then me working full-time. I mean, there's no possible way. Um, I I still do two nights here at Freedom. Um, which then Brady has the kids like the day I work nights Brady has the kids or like if he has a hockey game that night fortunately like my sister one of my brothers or their girlfriends can take the kids for us which is really helpful and then I do three mornings um so then Brady has the kids in the morning and my mom comes over, takes over and then I pick them up after and I have the kids until he's done with hockey. And that's really, I mean, the only way we could manage. Otherwise, there's no way I would be working full time or he would be coaching hockey. We'd have to figure something else out. And daycare is so expensive. I mean, so expensive. You guys don't do it at all, right? We don't do any yeah, daycare. we don't either. Um, which has been really, I mean, we're really fortunate to have that and I know a lot of people don't. I mean, if we had to pay for daycare, I don't, think I would be able to afford to work full-time because it wouldn't be worth it at that point especially with two kids that's why we didn't do it um so it just yeah it wouldn't make sense to do that so I would say a lot of family help um you know my in-laws also have a lot of flexibility too so even if like my mom is out of town because they're in Michigan now right? they're in the UP yeah so we're really fortunate that my mother-in-law and father-in-law are so willing to just come down and stay with us for a week or two and help out with the kids yeah so kind of both sides really are helpful and it's hard too I forgot about it until you said it just because we do it or I do it every night is we have to work late nights yeah we have to work now that's a a freedom policy but it doesn't matter where you work again it's not just freedom everywhere yeah you've got to work late nights again not condoning all the time to 
having kids, especially young kids that I'm finding out. Yeah. I'm a little behind compared to you and compared to Aaron, <laughs> Mary and pretty much everybody. I know. It's really hard. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much get like Monday, Wednesday, I get home. The kids have normally already eaten dinner. I'll try to eat something quick, but it's like I get home and it's bedtime already. So it's just like you don't get to really hang out with them. You just are there. You're putting them to bed and that's about it. Yeah. Um, so there's really not a, not the days I work late. It's hard because I really don't see the kids pretty much at all. I think it's hard to I mean, I don't know how it is for you guys, at least for me, because Stella's bedtime is around 730. Mm. And you know how healthcare is, is yeah. your last patient might be done at seven, but yeah. that might stretch a little bit. Yeah. If you're off by five minutes, you're going to miss yeah. a lot, which gets yeah. hard. Our, I, I think because I work nights, our kids' bedtimes are a little bit later than like, I guess you would typically see. Yeah. And we had to do that because at the time when Daphne was first born, Brady was, um, also coaching youth hockey and so there were days where Daphne was with my parents until I picked her up at seven o'clock and so she couldn't go to bed by like 7 30 because by the time we got home got ready for bed at that point it was even like 8 or 8 30 so I would say like we normally start bedtime at eight o'clock and then our kids are normally down between like 8 30 and nine um every once in a while like Daphne has like a bad day where she took a late nap and then it's like oh my gosh yeah right until 10 tonight um but i would say because of my late schedule our kids bedtimes are just naturally a little bit later yeah i think everyone just kind of naturally evolves based on what works for them yeah i mean because my wife's at home it just makes it yeah it's easier easier. yeah now adrian you and brady also live in the community too don't you yeah we live up in mequa and that's where i grew up so um we really wanted to be back there and Brady coaches hockey for Homestead. So he wanted the kids to be back in the community too. And we like the district and we have a lot of friends there and it's funny now all my patients live up in Mequon and everybody knows everybody. So, you know, you can't say anything, but you're like, Oh, I bet you know, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And I feel like Mequon's in, it's not that small of a community, right? I mean, how I many mean, people live in Mequon? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, the high school is not huge. I mean, when I was there, like, I graduated with, like, three, 350 kids in my class. So it's not, like, a huge school. Like, Brady I up guess in it's Nina, not huge. his Nina's high school is huge. was 600 people in his graduating class. So that's what, that's I double I thought Mequon was a little bigger, so I guess it does make sense. Because I feel like all of our patients here, yeah. everyone know. it seems yeah. like knows of everybody yeah. and knows something. Not that we're, you know talking about everyone's yes but they stuff. see them in the waiting room yeah how many times are oh you God, like it's... then they have to send chit chat for five minutes yep. <laughs> because they ran into you know their kid's teacher or whatever yeah in the waiting which room. i think i mean it's got to be kind of cool i mean between you yeah aaron nina yeah. nina scott, scott now mike um, mike's in mequon yeah um, um, i'm trying to think of anybody else gregory's up in mequon. gregory's up in mequon i mean it's got to be you know kind of fulfilling too that you also serve the community that you live in, even yeah. though we are a little farther from Mequon, but I yeah. mean, a lot of people come a lot down. Of people it's come down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I used to always say like Brady with hockey, we couldn't go anywhere without like running into somebody that we know. And so now like between Brady with hockey and me with freedom, we always run into somebody that we know yeah. at some event, um, even the grocery store. I mean, you always run into people and I mean, patients like to see the kids too. So it's just a different setting to see them yeah. out at the grocery store. When I have Daphne and Theo with me versus at the clinic. 
I think that's fun about our job. I mean, I do miss that because I live in New Berlin. I don't, yeah, you know, you don't live here. I don't live in the community I, I work in, even though we tried. As you know, mm, you're looking for a yeah, house now too. The market's yes, not fun. No. Um, but I do think it, I do miss that element of like you see a patient at the grocery store you're like oh how you doing I haven't seen you for yeah however long yeah. and I just saw you you know for your rotator cuff repair and you couldn't even move your arm but yeah. now you're oh I'm doing yeah. fine and stuff I mean I, I, I miss that part yeah. I, it's also nice for referrals too right like I have had so many patients that are like oh so and so sent me and said you really helped them fix their yeah. thumbs and so you know because they're friends and they all live in Mekwan and they all talk or you know even um like one of my husband's best friends, right? He, him and his wife both work at the high school and know a million people. So it's also nice for patients, even if they weren't sent here from them, to then be talking to be like, oh yeah, we have mutual friends in the community. So yeah. like, I feel like they also gain like a little bit of trust in me too. Like yeah. we, we like the same people. <laughs> I feel like too, I mean, that really goes to show, I feel like Mike has really done a good job of establishing what freedom is. Yes. And I mean, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard it from patients. I've heard it from a lot of people because I'm not the newest therapist here, but for a yeah. while I was, is yeah. they're like, oh, Mike doesn't hire just anybody. So if you're working oh, here, we must yeah. trust you. I mean, oh, that does come yeah. with a little bit of a burden as well. It does come with a burden. I mean, there are really high standards here. Which is good and bad. Which is good and bad. I mean, there's high standards, A, from the patients, yep. right? but be also from the other therapists. So I think Fox Point is the hardest in that sense. Uh, I mean, in terms of a clinic to come into as a new therapist, because the therapists here have such a strong bond and like we all really trust and respect each other. And so it takes a little bit to get your foot in the door and to gain the trust of the other therapists. I mean, right, as a new grad, it's hard to get the other therapists to refer patients to you because we want to make sure we can trust you, you know, handing yeah. off our patient to you before we're like, yeah, just go see Joe or go see whoever. Yeah. And I mean, from my perspective too, I mean, I, I feel like I, I agree with you. It is hard to start anywhere, but Fox yeah. Point is tough too, from a yeah. patient perspective. Yeah. And actually you would probably be a good person to ask too. Like for me, this really was my, I mean, I worked somewhere else for a little bit, but yeah, really not that long. Also, your first job out of college, it's yeah, it's different too. Yeah, but now that things are established, like I really enjoy. It. I think we do a good job of hiring the right people here. I mean, it's really fun to come to work. I feel like we all get along really well, yeah, which we is get along rare. Really well, yes. I mean, there's really rare. not. I feel like there's really not that much like animosity at all in the back. No, that I've seen firsthand at other places where, yeah, no. you know, so and so can't stand each other, so just yeah. stay away. I feel like we're not no, like that. We really don't have that. No, we really don't have that. But I also think like you said they do a pretty I mean they do a pretty good job of hiring people yeah. and I think they know what personalities fit well yeah. here at Fox Point because I mean I mean you've been here obviously longer than I have you've probably seen people come through that's like oh that just didn't work out you kind of know I think the longer I've been here you know when we hire somebody and you're like mm, I don't think they're gonna stay and they tend not to like I mean and yeah. like I said I mean Fox Point is a really hard clinic to come into and just kind of walk into especially as a new grad I really felt that I think it's hard um, if I think if you're more of an established therapist and you have experience it's a little bit easier to come into Fox Point but as a new grad it's hard um, also because you get thrown in like here's 10 evals yep. your first week and good luck I mean, because we're so busy all the time. Well, I think that's also kind of a benefit, too. I mean, I do think patients hold us to a higher standard here because they yeah. expect yeah. higher care. Yes. Which is a double-edged sword, obviously. But yes. they're also motivated in a sense of, like, 
we want you to be good at your job so you can help us improve our lives. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to come in and yeah. I don't care what you do to me. I'm just going to leave yeah. after and come back. Like they do want to make sure that yeah, they're, they're getting, getting the highest better. level of care. Yes. But which, I also think Mike, Mike kind of preaches that too. Yeah. Is like, we want to have the one-on-one care for the yeah. full 45 minutes. Like yeah. you don't get that elsewhere. No, I agree. Adrian, you're also, tell us a little bit about your new big certification that you're working on, which also adds into how hard it is to do what we do, have two kids. Yes. And. Be in school. Be in school. Again. Yes. So I always knew, well, let me back. Since I went into orthopedics, I knew I wanted to be a certified hand therapist, but I also knew it was not an easy task. Um, So think it's the requirements to do it are two years like 40 4, hours or 40,000 hours something like that I don't remember um before you can even be qual- or like allowed to sit for this exam yeah the problem with the exam is like there's really no like class for it like you don't take a class and then take the test at the end of it it's just like here you go these are the qualifications to do it here's the test it's offered twice a year um and the pass rate is like anywhere from 40 percent to 55 percent like it's so low the pass wow. rate i didn't realize it's that low it's really low so Thankfully, there have been people that have taken the test and then developed like programs. So I'm in a program right now um, through, it's called Hand Therapy Secrets. And so my teacher Wong, she runs it and we have class like every other Thursday, although now it's gonna be starting up every Tuesday, every other Thursday, and then every other Saturday, I'll be in class for like between an hour to to three hours. There's not really like a set time. It's just kind of like we meet, we answer questions, we go through something, um, and then we do practice questions. Also, it's basically like a review course, essentially. Yeah, and she has like a library of videos. So like I have like, she breaks it down. So like two weeks you study hands and you go through all of these videos and take notes and then you have a class and like you review stuff. And then in two weeks you do shoulder, two weeks you do nerve and it goes through everything. Um, And there is like a book that the test isn't based off of the book, but everybody uses this book to study. And it's like impossible to get through it by yourself. So she has done a really good job of like going through everything and like these are the key points you need to know. Um, So that's been really helpful to study because I mean just to go there and sit and look at the book and like what am I supposed to know is impossible so I'm really thankful for this class that I found um the other thing with this test is they don't release retired questions so even the practice questions are just questions that people have made up so you really don't even know if they're helpful they're helpful who's like the governing board of this there is a governing board or body of this um i don't know they're not necessarily associated with like um you know aota or anything like that and i don't really know the history of like how they came to be or why they developed this or why the test is so incredibly hard i don't really know what they get out of that i know that's where Um, i find it interesting i feel like you should want your therapist to yeah to become a yeah, yeah i don't really know what they get out of that um but I know in this area, a lot of the hand surgeons will really only refer you to a certified hand therapist. So that's also why I wanted it is that I can just get more referrals um, from the surgeons. Uh, I think that yeah. is a pretty common thing, just in general. Is, yeah. Which understandable, like. Yeah. As a if I was a surgeon, I want to know who I'm sending yeah. my surgery procedure mm-hmm. to, so that I know that 
I can trust what's going on. Yeah. So, so I don't blame that. No. When are you projected to be done with it? Um, well, my class. Or ideally. Yeah. So my class ends in May, which is right before the May exam. Okay. So um, this week is my last week of like videos. And then I start 12 weeks of like really intense, like studying all the notes, doing the practice questions, doing the practice tests. So Wong is really nice in that you can take practice tests. Now, again, remember, they're not retired questions. So it's just questions people have come up with. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and she'll like review your um, scores with you. Um, If you want her to, you don't have to. And then she will help you determine, are you ready for the May exam? Um, You have to sign up by like April if you're going to take it. And then if you decide you're not ready, you can stay in her program for another six months and then prepare for the November exam. So I'll take a couple practice questions and see how I do. Is it a pro-metric exam? Yeah. Like a testing center? Yeah, you go to a testing center. It's 200 questions, four hours. You have to get like a... 85% 85% on it, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and the funny thing is, like, they don't tell you what your score is. They just tell you if you pass or fail. So you, and she keeps reminding, which is also helpful. She's like, you don't have to get a perfect score. You have to get an 85%. Like, that's all you have to get. Like, don't get hung up on what your score is. They don't even tell you. So you never know if you pass by one point or 20 points. Um, so that's helpful to keep it. That's mind. my biggest gripe with, uh, in, I mean, this could be another podcast too, is just talking about PT and OT school, how much yeah. testing we have to do. That's my yeah. biggest gripe is uh, basically GPA and, and, yeah. and what you get on a test. Your goal is to know as much information as you can and pass yes. the test. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. I really, I'll die on that hill. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even from a, a mm-hmm. job perspective, it, you just need to get that diploma. Yeah. And that's what Wong is. Which really I think is perfect. About, which is, which is good because it forces me not to focus on all the small details. Yeah. Cause she'll say like, you don't need to know the details. You need to know the general concepts yeah. and be able to apply them. Yeah. Right. So that's really helpful. Well, good luck. Hopefully you pass. I hope so. Adrian, I like to finish every podcast with the same question. Cause I think our, oh boy. our personal lives, really cross over in our professional lives just yes. because especially with a one-on-one care we do a lot of just talking with patients we do and getting to know each other what motivates you to be a better person or physical therapist hmm. well <laughs> um i don't like to be wrong I like to know things and I like to be really confident in what I'm knowing or talking to and telling patients. So I feel like I'm constantly studying and looking things up and reading research. Maybe that's, maybe that's not good. I don't know. Um, so I would say I don't like to be wrong. I like to be really confident and make people feel, I mean, really understand what I'm talking about and know how to treat them really well. Like I want my patients to get better. And I get really frustrated when I don't know how to fix something. It's also really fun right now being in class because Daphne also thinks it's like super interesting, the human body. And so I feel like I'm having like a really fun time with her, like teaching her little things. Like she'll come in class, like, what are you learning about today? I'm like, we're learning about fingers. And I'll teach her like the name, you know, like what are your fingers called? I'll be like, what is this? Supination, pronation. So it's also really fun to just kind of have her and really be really interested in the human body. So I enjoy sharing that. Well, as we can tell from your answer, and for those of you that, that know Adrian too, <laughs> you're very passionate about your patients, and I think we see that crossover in your oh boy. in your personal um, interactions, which is a good thing. I mean, yeah. you would like to show that yes. you care through your actions. Yes. I like to teach, too. So I like which to teach people. We should add, hopefully Brady's listening to this. Brady, do you agree with 
everything Adrian's saying? Um, well, maybe. <laughs> we'll see what he says. We'll see what he says. Thank you, everybody, to list, for listening to another episode of the Freedom Talks podcast. If anyone wants to be featured on a podcast or has a topic that they would like to discuss, please reach out to any of us at our four locations, either here at Fox Point, up in Grafton, in Brookfield, or out in McGowanago. Thank you, Adrian, for coming on. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening to another episode of the Freedom Talks podcast. We'll see everybody next week. Bye.